Welcome to Material, a show about the Google and Android universe hosted on the Relay FM network. This episode of Material is brought to you by IT Pro TV. I'm one of your hosts, Yasmin Evian, and joining me as always, my wonderful co-hosts, Andy Anako and Russell Ivanovich. Hello, friends. Hello. Good morning. Andy, I am very much enjoying your new light light background, <laughs> your lighted background. Yes, it's uh, the, 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 the war to make me look like I kind of know what I'm doing is entering its new phase um it's I, ever since i used to have like the basic well i'll i'll have the camera pointed at like uh, the a corner of my office that has some stuff in it that might be interesting to look at but it turns into the basic wall of crap behind you sort of thing and <laughs> after somebody uh, a, a comedian that i really really like saw it and made some funny but not kind comments about it Oh. I decided that I decided to start looking for something better. So what you see here, and there'll be a I'll, I'll, there'll be a screenshot for the uh, in the show notes. It's uh, it's my my I pl- my plan B because plan A was offered to me by my friend Alex Lindsay, who is like the god of live streaming, uh, and he said seriously, mind you, you know what you should do. What we do is we like buy a 70 inch 4K TV and we put that behind the behind the guest, <laughs> and that way we can put like different backdrops or just or different colors. And I would I gave it some thought. I did see I did have a certain <laughs> budget for like improving like the lighting and the backdrop and stuff like that. And it came down to the cheapest one I could get would be a thousand dollars, which would be exceeding my entire oh my budget, goodness. not by a hell of a lot, but exceeding it. And that, but the, it was mostly the thing of <laughs> having to sit back and realize that, see, I have a decent TV in my living room and it's 50 inches. And so I'm proposing that I would have a 70 inch 4K TV that is actually in a part of the office where I couldn't even watch. It would be too big to even watch it as a TV when I'm not using it as a backdrop. And I thought, I bet I can do, I, I bet I can't, I bet I can do as good as that for something less than a thousand dollars. So yeah, I, I, your, your background is like, it is the Andy staple. It's like, you see Andy, you see that beautiful background that he had. So <laughs> this is going to be a new background. Well, I, I really like the lights. They're really They're, fun, they're so. cool. Also, see. Maybe you should make them green for Android. Well, can you, can you like switch that? How do you do that? Whoa! Oh, just turn green. Yet again, our audio <laughs> listeners are like, there you what go. is going on? What is this? It's yeah. It's the, what they what they are is for, for those of you who who are not, aren't going to bother to look at the look at the screenshot. It's I basically have this rice paper background, and I bought three outdoor LED, uh, RGB LED floodlights. They're designed to be used outdoors, so they're like sort of washing up above there. And there's this cool like infrared remote, so that not only can I change the colors however I want to, and I've got three of them. You can also a button for like smooth transitions. So that you've got red, green, and blue that are just sort of like moving through all of its different variations <laughs> to distract people that as they're amazing. as they're watching the show. Uh, so I, I'm I'm still coming to grips with uh, with how to deal with this, but it's it's fun. It gives me it gives me something else to do other than prepare factually for the show. And there's a and there's a Poss- and- possible preparing for a. Live hangout, yeah. That'll, I mean, Andy's that'll got be his cool. See, what, what, what I'm hoping is that before we get the live hangout, um, uh, the background that I had for like months and months before was a piece of digital art that I put together, uh, and I liked it. However, it was hard to light and it was starting to sag a little bit. And I'm going to be. It's, it's all. I have it on the side there. It's it's been taken down. It's all rolled up, and it is being it's being packed up. It's going to be Yas, in Yasmin's house. He, she does not have to use it as her backdrop. It'll be cool if she uses it as a I'm just, I'm just see, I, I just occurred to me that the problem is that people might think that is is yes has Yasmin like left her husband and family and sh- now shacking up with Andy? Because that that's Andy that's Andy's studio. Oh, there's some material controversy. We can turn this into a days of our lives in, in uh, no, no. I mean Yasmin, for those that haven't seen your background, it's just some blinds. I, I think you gotta work yeah, on it. Yeah, it's you gotta lift your game. Now, yeah, I yeah, it's really some blinds. Okay, so actually, before this, I was just using um, my laptop was like in front of me. It wasn't my main screen, so you can actually get like a full picture of me in the front, and then like there was like just some my my wall in the back. But I bought a new monitor, which is really big, so I can have like the show notes and like the Skype and Slack all on one screen. 
but my camera is still like uh, it's off to the side now so actually russell and andy like can't really see my face because the mic yeah, is the, the thing that's in focus is a giant <laughs> mic you've got like a filter well, it on makes it. me seem like a professional but in the background you just have these blinds and i it was funny i was talking to someone that had moved to seattle and they're for, originally from arizona and they're like that looks like a really arizona house and i'm like yeah i guess i guess i have this like arizona house vibe going on <laughs> but um, in, in the I would, sense that you're you got the blinds down to prevent the Sun that must kill you exactly. every day of your existence in Arizona. Well, I didn't want to distract you. If I kept the blinds open, you'd see stuff right here. You know, dogs running around, uh, the, the haboobs, I don't know. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, I'm really excited to have this background. I think it's, like, really cool. And so, yes, it'd be awesome if I was able to get it uh, before we did our live show. And then everyone would just be like, wait a minute, is that is that Andy's background? I'm so confused right now. So, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll, have to, we'll have to get that in there. Um, but uh, Russell, so when we started the show, episode zero, uh, I think it was episode zero. I hope someone's going to write back and be like, no, that was not episode zero. zero. It was episode Felt zero. Like we, <laughs> we, <laughs> we, made, we made a joke about how the koalas were invading the world, that they were going uh, around the world, that you were sending these secret spy agent koalas, and that you were actually sending them in fridges. Like that was, <laughs> it was yeah, just like a random joke. Brand new fridges packaged in, in boxes, yes, man. And it was with some trepidation. So last week, my fridge died, our, our loyal fridge of 13 years. Um, it, it served us well, but uh, it decided it didn't want to cool things anymore, which is kind of the primary function. And so I was a bit scared. I'm like, I have to go and buy an Australian fridge. And after all the things we'd said in episode zero, I'm like, <laughs> what is going to be inside this fridge when it turns out? So anyway, I, I borrowed a car, I got a trailer, I did all that. I got the fridge home, I unpacked it. No koala inside. I'm like, whew. That was a that was a really close call, and um, you know we had to had to clean the fridge up, had to get all the stupid stickers that that the government sticks on there. You know, I don't know if you have this, but we have like star ratings and all these other things, and they use the stickers that you can't just peel off. I'm like, why? So anyway, got some eucalyptus oil, you know, clean that off. The the entire kitchen smelled like eucalyptus. It was amazing, and um, that night it's eleven o'clock at night. You know, I'm about to go to bed. I'm just shutting stuff down. I'm checking on the kids, and I hear this weird scratching at the window. I'm like. What on earth is that? And we have possums that kind of run around our place outside. I'm like, they're probably just having a fight again. So I whip open the blinds, absolutely nothing there. I'm like, oh, okay, that's, that's kind of weird. I, I, you know, and then, then I go to bed and literally two minutes later, there's someone knocking at the front door and this is 11 o'clock at night. I'm like, what is going on? Like, is something wrong with the neighbours? Is something up? So I whip open, like I run down there, I whip open the front door and I kid you not, I've got a picture of this for those that don't believe me. There is a koala sitting at my front door, <laughs> clawing at the fly screen. I'm like, y- yes, can I help you? Like, what, what do you want? Please don't kill me. Are I'm you Australian. You've got to go get Americans instead. So it, I'm not making this up. It literally happened. I bought a new fridge and somewhere there was a koala hiding out. In- <laughs> so you just, just rubbing it down with eucalyptus oil. Yeah, I think <laughs> was it, it was, was like- enough to be... Mm, Did you, are there like, do you have like hair care products and like suntan lotion <laughs> that uses eucalyptus? <laughs> yeah, eucalyptus is used everywhere. But I, I will tell you, pro pro housekeeping tip: if you want to get stickers or sticky things off thing, eucalyptus oil is is amazing. And I, I think maybe he smelt it. He's like, "Give me the good stuff. Yes, where's the good stuff? Where are you hiding it?" Because he literally knocked at our window and then he knocked at our door and then he just wandered off down the street. He's like, "Yeah, okay, no eucalyptus." Bye. <laughs> That is that's awesome. But you, so yes, it is true. The koalas are hiding inside the fridges. We didn't make it up. It's a true story. <laughs> well, it's definitely true now. We have confirmed confirmed sightings, and I'll, I'll give you a picture, Yasmin, to to put in the show notes. Yeah, that, they look now, so cute is, and innocent. Uh, this is this is another to match the professional lighting. This is professional <laughs> transitioning. If only you had Google Glass, Russell, that you could have captured the entire experience <laughs> of investigating these sounds and then seeing the koala and its. Uh, I'm not sure if it's full fury, but it's fear placid, <laughs> disquieting. It's so placid and cute. I oh, know the whole like getting out your phone, try and switch it to camera, try and get the light from somewhere. If I had Google Glass on my face, I could have just been like. You did, you, you, the, the great thing about Google Glass is that you will have both of your hands free to keep its claws away from your throat <laughs> and keep its teeth away from your eyes. And Yasmin yes, 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 posted yes, a, a picture, and apparently you are you have been indoctrinated into the tribe of Google Glass. Finally. 
Yes, I have never worn Google Glass before. And I was actually hanging out with uh, Aline Sims. See, I said pronounced her name right. I always pronounce it Aline and it's Aline. She's from uh, Relay Fountain Work and has an, another show out here called Less Than or Equal. And we're b- bringing App Camp for Girls to Phoenix. And we went over to the, the building that we're actually going to be hosting App Camp for Girls. And it was at the ASU uh, Polytechnic School, which is a school that both of us graduated from. Anyways, we, had, we were having a really fun time. And in the usability lab, they actually had Google Glass. And they were like, yeah, we have Google Glass. And I was like, oh, I've never worn Google Glass, you know. <laughs> and so I, they bring it out and they're like, yeah, do you want to wear it? And I was like, yeah, please. And they had to like charge it for a bit. And so I put it on for the first time and I couldn't figure it out. Like I was like, uh, how do how do I turn that on? She's like, you just tap on the side. And I'm like tapping on it. And then I'm like, okay, actions. And I'm trying to find out what I can do. Um, It wasn't connected to a phone. So I wasn't able to do any of the cool like messaging or any of the emails that I think it'd actually be maybe kind of fun to try out on glass. And so pretty much all I could really do was take video or pictures. And what happened was I was actually just taking videos and pictures on accident. Like I didn't mean to. (laughs) I was like, take pictures. And then it would just take a picture. And I was like, no, I was like wanting to open up the camera and then just take the picture. Anyways, like I was, I was ashamed that I couldn't figure it out. I was like, please don't tell anyone on the, on the podcast because my Google cred is just going to go down. They're going to be like, oh my gosh, Yasmin's not really a Google and Android fan. She doesn't know how to operate Google Glass. Uh, but it did <laughs> it did take some time and I, and I figured out the swiping. You can actually swipe on the side of Google Glass, which I didn't know, which I was like, that's pretty cool. Um, so I <laughs> so the funny part is they were like, yeah, you can blink to take a picture. And so I was, so I was trying to to blink and take a picture. and what accidentally happened is I was just winking at Aline. And she was just like looking at me like, why are you winking at me? And I'm like, sorry, I'm trying, trying to take a picture. Because yeah, so, it's less creepy that I'm taking a picture of you while you're not exactly. watching. Wink, wink. <laughs> I know. So I, so maybe that's why Google Glass didn't ever really take off is because, you know, taking a picture while winking is actually more creepy than just getting your phone out and taking a picture of someone. What, what's, what surprised you the most about it? Because you've been – you so you're in the position where you'd – uh, you'd heard about it and you'd read about it and you'd seen people uh, uh, record videos about it and you've seen other tech pundits, not me, uh, in the shower, uh, <laughs> presumably naked, uh, wearing it. What what were you expecting and how did the experience sort of pay off for you? Yeah, I, I'd say the, the biggest issue is that it was really hard to collaborate or collaborate, calibrate it. So I was trying to calibrate it and move the lens so it could actually like be where I could actually see it, it was like off to the side and it was actually really hard to read some of the things. So it wasn't like an easy, okay, I'm adjusting the screen here and now I can quickly like access all the information. It was actually really hard to maneuver. Um, and and like, and I was just playing it with it for a few minutes. So I didn't have the whole time to like unpackage it and just kind of play with it and set it up myself. So that probably would have been a different experience. Uh, but one thing that I noticed is actually really annoying is if someone else is wearing Google glass, you can see the screen light up on them so you could actually see like the the screen of the google glass actually being lit up so you could tell that they're actually like on the screen or they're doing something so you couldn't wear this and you know just ignore people people would know that you would be ignoring them so it's probably a good thing though i like i I like the i i I like the fact that it's you can tell when it's active and when it's not active one of the things that really surprised people when i gave them their first taste of it because i was for the first few months I was wearing it a lot more often than I am now uh, is that, Oh, the screen isn't on all the time, uh, which, which means that no, you're not recording video of me all the time. Uh, <laughs> I, w- I would love it if there were like another little like pinpoint led that indicates that there, the camera is now live and active. Um, I have it, but you're, you're right. I mean, there's a, there must be a really good Google plus album of pictures that are just taken by people who are using Google glass for the first time. Cause it's the one thing that uh, you can, Operate it by uh, by tapping the the one clicky button on the side. You can operate it by saying, "Okay, glass, take a picture." I've, I I wore it uh, about a I think it was like a month after I got it. Um, I wore it to the Boston Comic Con, and so I have a wonderful portfolio of wonderful accidental collection of pictures of <laughs> me taken by some of the most creative and wonderful artists and writers working in comics today. 
because either they're friends of mine and they wanted to see it or like I'm just meeting them and say, hey, is that Google Glass? Like, how does it work? Well, here, I'll show you. Actually, wipe it off with a little bit of alcohol so no one gets pink eye either, <laughs> in either direction. And then so here's and then here's me, the same, pic, the same picture over and over again, like usually on the other side of like a signing booth or something. So it's it's cool. I'm, I'm still wor- I'm still using them. Um, I I keep coming just short of wanting to have custom frames made for them. Um, I think that there was a piece, piece of news or a rumor a couple of weeks ago saying that uh, the new version, the enterprise version, actually has foldable temples because uh, that you, you really have to commit to having right, that with you. you. Can't, just yeah. they don't fold, and also it's not like you feel as though they're going to break, but you can't just squash it inside a, a bag and hope that things are going to come out okay. Um, I do wear glasses. Um, I don't uh, require them to drive. So uh, when I, if, if I'm taking, making the deliberate choice that enough cool stuff is going to happen that I'm going to want to shoot video or take pictures hands-free, uh, I have to choose between either being able to read signs from 20 feet away or being able to actually watch the, the dance and light show at, on Rockefeller Center uh, while I take video of it. Uh, so I, I've always wanted to think, gee, wouldn't it be cool just to be able to simply wear it as my daily wear, like when I'm out having fun? I remember when they were first announced, they there was like this rumor that they were going to start a partnership with Warby Parker. And that's what really got me excited, but it never took off. And I, I wear Warby Parkers. And if there was a way to like integrate it where it wasn't so obnoxious, like, hey, we're wearing Google Glass. Like, I actually think that would be a really, really cool product to wear because um, as a as a mother, like being able to capture those moments with my daughter, you know, as, like when she was taking the first steps and, and doing all that instead of running to get the phone. Like, I think those moments are actually be really, really cool. Um, and who knows if it may actually come back. I know it's not it's not ready for it. It was a really fun experiment, experiment. But I actually think, yeah, for the enterprise, like the medical world, I think it can have a lot of cool uh, implications and really help people in that industry. So um, I'm excited to see the future of glass. It's not it's not something that I'm like, I really want to see happen, but it's like, I'm interested to see how it develops. So, so it was fun to wear it. I think it's interesting to see the consumer side of it. So in 2013, they did the whole skydiving out of airplanes, you know, wearing glass, um, Google I.O. keynote. In 2014, I turn up to Google I.O. and there is literally Google Glass everywhere. Like I'm standing in the line. I'm like, what planet am I on? Like 75% of the people there, I think, had it on their face. And then 2015, like it seemed like half those people didn't weren't wearing theirs anymore. You know, they'd sold it on or they'd, they maybe decided, you know, it wasn't for everyday use. It'd be interesting to see, you know, the, the rumours out that they're working on it, you know, commercially in the background to see what the next iteration of that, you know, looks like in, who knows, 2016, yeah. 2017, when, whenever it comes out. Well, the project paid off because I, I really do think that what you see in Google now and what you see in that really wonderful cards interface was a lot of the stuff that had to be developed to make that interface work for Google Glass. Um, I would love it if they if they came out with like a three hundred dollar or even a five hundred dollar like just a GoPro style device. It's just a camera. It runs Android, which means that it can send stuff directly to Facebook, directly to, to Instagram. It doesn't have all the Google Now functionality, and maybe doesn't even necessarily have a heads up display or anything like that. Because I just it's one of my, it's my favorite wearable camera. Uh, I have a couple of GoPros, but there's just no way to wear it without feeling like I'm about to, I'm about to say without feeling like even more of a dork than wearing Google Glass. I'm I'm kind of okay with wearing glass because that's completely <laughs> point of view based, and there's some advantages to it. And I already look like this, so what am I? Who am I trying to fool? But I would if 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 they made a, a camera based on that. Uh, particularly one that I could just clip onto regular sunglasses or glasses. That I would probably find $300 for that before I would think to even ask PR for a loaner. <laughs> yeah. And definitely like this discussion is, uh, brings me back to kind of what we were talking about mobile world Congress last week. And when we were, we got, we were running really long. And so we're like, didn't have time to talk about the LG G5 and the, and the modules in particular, like the camera module that they added to that. And one of the things with, with the camera is for me, I actually don't, we own several like point and shoot cameras, but we don't ever take them anywhere. When we go on like family trips, it's always our phones because that's what we have handy. And that's what we quickly can share on social network and send to our families. So the whole thing for me is what, what can take a good picture and what can I quickly share and send to people? And so I was actually really interested with the LG G5 uh, camera module. And I wanted to get your idea, Andy, because I know you're a big uh, camera enthusiast. So I wanted to know what your thoughts on that were. 
I think it's really nice. I, I like the whole system they've they've done there. Um, I, I I'm a big fan of uh, Google's Project Aura because I love this idea of being able to outfit a phone. It's sort of like when you're leveling up a brand new character in uh, in, in a role playing game, where says I'm willing <laughs> to trade off some agility for the ability to have more magic. I'm, I don't want I don't want to compromise my charisma, but I do want. It's because sometimes you're like, I don't care if it's thin. I just want a super, super battery or really, I don't I, I don't want to I don't necessarily need a, the octa-core processor that's liquid cooled. I just want the best camera. And so the idea of having sort of like a built in like dock at the bottom of it uh, that you can use to swap in and swap out modules for different cool things. That's a great idea. Uh, and the idea of having a camera module that adds in a dedicated shutter button that acts, you can do the whole half press to focus sort of thing, a dedicated button to launch the the camera app itself, uh, a supplemental LED light and a little supplemental battery to help you go. And, and just as simple as having a little thickness at the base of that device to make it easier to hold. All that stuff is nice. Um, I'm, I, I'm sorry that it doesn't go as far as they could have gone with it. Uh, there is a DxO came out with this accessory for the iPhone uh, that is somewhere here in the office, but it's a, a Sony one inch sensor, the same sensor they have in that beautiful uh, RX100 camera that they have. Uh, and so it uh, it snaps to the bottom of the iPhone, but it has its own lens. It has its own image sensor. It has everything. It just it just communicates very tightly with an app there. And the problem with that is that it, it takes wonderful pictures compared with the built-in camera, even compared with the iPhone's camera. But it's so ungainly in the way that it functions that you kind of don't even want to use it because it's – you can't just walk around with it. Wouldn't it be lovely if they had this $300 accessory from LG that has – this is an entirely different camera subsystem. It's a much, much better sensor. It's a much, much better lens. We put in an actual strobe flash inside it uh, for people who really do want uh, something as that, that will take much, much nicer pictures and they don't mind the extra expense or the extra bulk. As it is, I – I haven't seen anything or heard anything that makes me think that it's such a big bonus over what the LG camera is already that a lot of people will even care. Maybe people like me will care, but most people are perfectly happy with the cameras that are built into the phones. But A for effort, and I really like the idea. I just hope that it pays off. Yeah, I, I love the little system that they got there. It's almost like, I don't want to get into gun metaphors, but it's almost like changing like, you know, clips at the bottom. Yeah. There. You, just, you snap one out, you snap another one in and, you know, have one for for the battery. They've got the camera module one. It's it's a cool idea to have that, you know, module, um, sorry, modular connection at the bottom. But I'm the same as you, Andy. When I heard about it, I'm like, oh, they're going to give you a better camera. And then you look at it, it's like, okay, battery, dedicated buttons, grip, no camera. And I guess that makes commercial sense. You know, they want they don't want to say that the cameras in this phone are so bad that you need to, to <laughs> yeah, you need to clip a better one on there. They want to say the cameras in this phone are absolutely amazing and here's a way to take more advantage of it. And I can see that, you know, actually something that costs three or four hundred dollars and has like a, a dedicated amazing camera in there probably wouldn't sell that well, but it, it still seems like such a cool idea. Like I, I don't know if it'd sell, but I'm like, that is a cool idea to be able to clip like a really, you know, professional grade, you know, camera in the bottom of it. Yeah. I mean I it's a lot of it is trying to separate my there, – there are things I call Andy features, <laughs> you know, where I try, to, I try to be aware that this is a real – like I, I'm sort of going through that with the iPad Pro where I love it. I think it's – this is exactly the sort of computer that I need that I've been asking for. And when I write about it and talk about it, I have to make sure that I, I'm not use, letting my own enthusiasm for Andy features – uh, turn into my saying, oh, everybody will love this. This is the best computer for anybody. And I, it's, I, I love photography. That's always been, that's, that's the one hobby I've had through, that even precedes my, uh, my first computer. So I have a real connection with photography and I'm always looking for ways to take better pictures, no matter how inconvenient it is. As a matter of fact, I've started actually uh, on my Nexus 5X, now that I finally have the camera working again, <laughs> Uh, I actually have the, the, a, a this. There's this metal sort of uh, uh, tripod adapter that kind of clamps all the way around it that I used to just keep in my bag. But I realized that if I keep it mounted on it uh, permanently, it does make for one hell of a nice, comfortable camera grip, even when I don't have it attached to a tripod. This 
illustrates that I'm kind of weird when it comes to photography, that for most people, all they're doing is they're taking snapshots. They're fine with it. They just want to post something to Facebook. They don't care if the ISOs went so high for the low light that everything's grainy. All, but it's a picture of them with their kids and in front of the fireworks. They're fine with it. And so it's it's frustrating to me because I would love to see that next leap forward. But they might be uh, as good as the Samsung 7 camera is, as good as the rumors are about the next iPhone's camera are. Uh, maybe that's not something that most people are really excited about getting. Yeah, I think that's definitely the case. The, the other one that's interesting is we're saying, okay, people probably wouldn't buy like a you know a three hundred dollar camera module. They did actually one of the modules they've they've got you know out of the gate is the high def audio module which gives you 32-bit audio, and, you know, Bang & Olufsen, which is a, a big brand in the audio world, that that also seems like an odd one. It's like how many people are that obsessed with, you know, the audio coming out of their phone that they're going to buy one of these, clip it in, and, you know, put it on their desk or, you know, somewhere where they work and have sort of sound coming out of it? Yeah, that one was really confusing to me. Like the camera module, I can kind of see you're getting extra battery, so that's why it's so bulky. And like that makes sense if you're on a family vacation or you're at a conference and you just want the extra battery and being able to take pictures. The audio one is like when I I don't know. I'm trying to I'm trying to imagine a scenario where I'm like I want to watch this YouTube video one second. I'm gonna go get my 32 bit audio module and plug <laughs> it in. Can you wait a second and not watch the video until then? Like I. <laughs> I, that one's that one was really uh, weird to me, but I yeah, that one I do not understand. But you know, maybe there's some other people that do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but they, they they do have some nice things built into it. Um, uh, one of the things I love is that it uh, it has two cameras, but it's not doing something tricky about using depth of field or uh, synthetic imaging. It is just literally they have a, a regular 60 megapixel camera, but then there's a whole second 8 megapixel camera that's uh, a super wide angle. It's 135 degree angle uh, versus about 75 degrees uh, angle for the for the main camera. And uh, I love that because uh, – Especially when you have a 16 megapixel sensor, if you're too far back, you can always crop it so that you see the table of your friends and not all the junk uh, at the at the Applebee's around them. If you can't back up enough to get everybody in, you're done. <laughs> That's, there's no other solutions. And if you can't, and and if you're in a place where uh, it really isn't a picture unless you could see uh, the Bellagio Hotel over on the left and the fake uh, Eiffel Tower on the right. Again, you can you can panorama it, but people want to take a snapshot. So that that's really cool. I'm I'm glad to see these other ideas coming. Yeah, in. definitely. And I say that as a guy who's climbed up on all sorts of services and behind things and awkwardly like posed, you know, right in the corner of rooms to try and you know capture a group of people. It'd be nice if there was just a button that's like, oh, wide angle. There we go. Problem solved. And also, Russell, you have something to confess to all of our listeners. You made a pre-order purchase. <laughs> I, I did. I said last week, and I, I don't know if people thought I was joking, that I went looking for the uh, Samsung pre-order site because, I, I don't know, I'm a sucker for hardware. And also, Samsung phones are crazy popular. So as developers, we just have to have them here in the office. You can't, you can't put out an app if you haven't tested it you know, on a flagship Samsung phone. That's, that's my excuses out of the way. So I went to you know, Samsung.com, the Australian site, and I'm like, ooh, pre-order's open. And then I'm looking at the S7 and the S7 Edge, and we've never had an Edge phone in here. I'm like, well, we really should test on those curved edges because you never know. Like, there could be something magical that happens. So, yeah, I pressed, I pressed the order button, and on <laughs> March 10th, there'll be an S7 Edge arriving here. And people have been asking us on Twitter. They're like, is this another, you know, start of the the Yasmin and Russell, you know, phase two race? <laughs> I'm like, no, we probably can't afford to do this, like, every single time a phone comes out, race to the store and, like, buy it. But, yes, I'm I'm very excited. Yeah, I am such a, an Android purist and like a Nexus uh, phone lover that I am jealous because I'm like, the S7 Edge looks really, really cool. Like swiping from the edge and being able to have some quick actions that I can get to, like, oh, that looks really awesome. And I'm like, could I live with Samsung hardware? I'm like, maybe. And I'm like, mm, no, probably not. Uh, sorry, not Samsung hardware. Samsung software. Now their hardware's good, <laughs> but Sam soft software. Yeah. Uh, because actually, one of the things that like got me really interested in it was the always-on display that they uh, talked about. 
And we forgot to share about this last week, but they shared this always on display that uh, I know LG has the, what is it like the circular display that's always on that has like the time and the date. Well, they added to that, but they also added some cool like illustrations that you can have on there. And it also shows like your notifications. And it looked like a really fun thing just to have on your phone on your while it's on your desk. It had some really cute like line art on there. And it was like, ooh, always like always on display. Like that that's pretty interesting to me because, you know, being on Android Wear and having that always on display, even when it's like dim and just being able to see some stuff like that's pretty cool. Um, so I think that would be pretty fun to have it uh, on your desk and it, and it actually turns off if it's like in your purse or in your pocket. So it's not always on. It's always on only if it's like on a desk or some or on the couch or something where you're seeing it. Yeah, I think it detects whether the front of it's being blocked by anything. If it is like if it's in your pocket or if it's face down, it won't. It it is an interesting idea. I want to see the transition between the two because I know on some Android Wear watches, the transition between um, always on and on, is that the other <laughs> state, is, is a little bit jarring. It's like, you know, this big flash of light and then the thing lights up. You know, if they've done that really nicely and if it shows you useful information, then then I guess it's cool. They're saying it doesn't use more than 1% of your battery. So, I mean, if that's if that's the case, if it's only lighting up the pixels it needs to and it doesn't, you know, sit there and drain your battery, it, yeah, I mean, that could be a, a useful feature. Yeah, it's the advantage of OLED that you can you can just light up just what you need to light up, uh, and that's the, I'm I'm with you. I mean that's uh, that's a cons- that's consistently one of the things that I miss when I have to switch back to an iPhone for whatever test I am doing. Is I'm just used to that screen having something useful on it when it decides that maybe he's going to look at the screen, and if he does, I want to make sure he sees this voicemail message indicator or whatever. Uh, it's uh, and I'm I'm so glad that all phones are learning situational awareness. Even the iPhone has the with the last update last year uh, decided that uh, we're going to be we're going to be able to sense when the light sensor is covered up by something, and that's when we decide that uh, the phone must be in somebody's pocket. That's when we're going to decide we're going to start doing things that are smarter for pocket use than for trying to trying to be quick draw McGraw uh, and be ready for anything and light up the CPU at any indication. Um, and oh yeah, I'm, I, uh, oh, I wish I had, I, 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 I could say that I, since I didn't spend a thousand dollars on that <laughs> 4k <laughs> 70 inch display, I've got a thousand dollars left in the budget because just having that camera is yikes. Cause I, I'm, I, I don't have hardware yet, but, uh, I've seen the real life sample pictures cause the people who pre-ordered quick, 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 uh, are seem to be getting uh, hardware. The, the people who jumped in uh, really, really quickly are, have now had uh, enough time to actually take a few quick pictures. And it's like, oh, I just, I, again, I'm a camera nut. And the I, I, I had to talk myself out of spending $500 for an extra pocket camera that I could just carry around everywhere uh, because I'm just such a nut about having this sort of stuff. And uh, if it were any, if even if it were LG, let's say, because they have a certain sense of restraint about it. I have such a bad experience with everything that Samsung has done to quote improve unquote uh, the the improve uh, the uh, standard Android experience that it's like how much trouble am I going to get myself into by just having to make sure that Sam that, that Samsung Pay is not interfering with uh, Android uh, Android Pay? How much am I going to have to worry about? Uh, the fitness sensors are going to start profiling me and sending data elsewhere. I'm not sure that Samsung has the level of trust with me uh, that Google has in terms of not collecting data and exploiting it without my knowledge. Yeah, I feel like for me it's deja vu. You know, I jumped onto the S6 when it first came out because same reasons, amazing camera, um, amazing uh, hardware. I installed, you know, the Google Now launcher, the Google keyboard. There was even a material theme in the Samsung <laughs> store that that made most of the interface look okay. But the problem is, after a while, all the Samsung bits tend to like bleed in. You've got all their S service this and S service that and S health and S everything else, and you can turn a lot of that off. But every now and again, it's, it still annoyed me. You know, some Samsung things would happen. I'm like, oh, really? Like you're gonna you're gonna bug me with this now? <laughs> and I only lasted three months. I'm like, I, by the end of that three months, I'm like, I give up. I can't, I can't take the Samsung anymore. And luckily, the you know the Nexus had launched by then, and we had you know better options. But it'd be interesting to see if that happens again this time. Like, I'm going to switch to it, and I'm going to try and install all those same things I did before. And I'm hoping that the Marshmallow version is a little bit more restrained. But I have my doubts. I'm the same as you, Andy. Samsung tend to go 
overboard and you know a lot of their user interface decisions and even a lot of the stuff they pre-install on the phone and they keep pushing to the phone i'm like just just stop i don't want any microsoft apps i don't want these s apps i don't want any of this stuff it's yeah it can be annoying apple pushed a free u2 album that i didn't ask for and that annoyed me it's like don't make if i got this thing set up the way i like it let me keep it the way i like it one of, one of the other cool things that they had at mwc is that they had the lg bb8 clone not clone, rolling bot. We'll call it, I don't know if they actually, what the name of this thing is, but the, the rolling bot in which uh, is kind of, they're thinking of using it kind of to, for security around the house. And also, so your pets have something fun to play with. I guess it even beeps and chirps like BB-8, which is pretty yeah. fun. And I actually kind of want one of these things because I would love to have one of these, uh, you know, roaming around my house with my dog so I can see what she's up to during the day. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, because Sphero makes like a very similar a bit of hardware to this. I think they might have been the, the original ones to come up with it. And a friend of mine um, has it. Hi, Darren, if you're listening. But he he has it and it looks really cool. But the problem is the sound for the thing comes out of oh. your phone and there's no camera. And the first thing I'm thinking, I'm like, if this had a camera and had like a built-in speaker, that would be amazing. And that's the two things, you know, LG have done. I don't know if theirs is, is any good. I obviously haven't played with it. But <laughs> that, that sounds cool, like the ability to get a picture from it and also to be able to project sound from it. And I believe it even has a laser pointer. <laughs> so it's specifically designed to, you know, if you, if you want to play with your animals, I guess. If, you, if you've got that corporate guilt, you know, you're sitting in your office chair, you're, you're working your nine to five, and you're like, oh, I wonder if my cat, you know, misses me. Well, I guess you can dial into this thing and, you know, play with your cat for five minutes. So I, I think that's how they're, they're trying to sell it. Mm. Actually, hang on, let me just pause for a second. Yeah, ac- okay. Actually, it does have a camera, eight megapixel camera, uh, which was kind of adorable because I wish they they, they just go for broke LG and say we're not gonna we're not gonna tell you that you can put this on your expense report as something that was important for you to own. We thought it would be fun. We're enjoying the hell out of it at the office. We thought we'd let <laughs> other people have fun with it too. If you want, if you need to explain to your spouse why you spent money on this. Okay, that has a camera so you can it can patrol and send security pictures and if you're if you have a pet and your spouse is more fond of the pet than they are of your gadget addiction, we could say that it's a fun thing to pull it, to amuse your pet with. Uh it's 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 just the sort of fun thing that uh <laughs> it's just it's just the sort of thing that you want it and then you hope you have so much fun with it that you forget that you didn't really think very hard before you actually spent Do money on it. Do we have a price it. on this yet? <laughs> it looks like a hell of a lot of fun. Um, I'm trying to find it. I don't, I don't see it yet. I... Um, unfortunately, I keep, get, I keep getting tricked <laughs> by websites that see the every, – everything I've, I've read about it says BB-8. Then it gets highlighted and takes you to like an ad for a BB-8 <laughs> robot on, uh, on Amazon. Um, I'm not even yeah it hasn't been nobody has nobody seems to have a price on it. I don't think they mention a price for it. Um it's just called the rolling <laughs> bot. So <laughs> some great maybe they maybe that <laughs> I mean it's okay it it defies easy googling I suppose. It's like cuz it could be pretty much anything else. Uh, I guess, I guess it yeah, beats I mean, the it's... LG G Watch R <laughs> which was one of their product names. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's 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 I bet I wonder how much money each of us would be willing to spend for it. Like if I, like Ooh. the Gear Gear VR is such a great product because it's 99 bucks and that's not as cheap as cardboard, but you can you got you got 99 bucks and you can fortunately you're doing okay enough that you don't you 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 realize this is money that you could be spending on dinner for two, but you can sort of see ninety nine bucks. You're not Just, working at Yelp. I'll, I'll spend ninety nine bucks. Oh, <laughs> oh, oh, a different discussion for a different time. <laughs> but I don't. I, I think I think I would go two hundred for that. Really? Okay. Yeah, I think I'd go to one. I was I was doing one fifty. So, but um. Because what what is um BBA well, here in Australia? True. He's two fifty. Well, I think. Yeah. How expensive is he? You can get. You can get the Sphero for, for sure. 140. Okay. Uh, okay. And that that and that one has uh, cool like actual BB-8 sounds, and it'll follow you around. And I guess the the other interesting one from um, LG is they they just like Samsung, they have like a VR cam. So that the idea is, you know, you, you put this thing down, and it can take. Is it the same like 360 degree pictures of or 180 degree pictures of of like where you are? I realizing now, <laughs> I should have looked this up. Good one. Russell. Yeah. No, it is. <laughs> I think it. I, I think it takes. Uh, it'll take still pictures. It'll also take video. 
Um, it's a little bit more clear than Sam. LG is more clear about the utility of this than Samsung was about their 3D camera, where you had to sort of dig deep to even figure out if you could use it if you didn't have a, a, a new Samsung phone. So do you have to? This seems to be an independent thing. So do you have to wear the the goggles, VR headset, in order to view it? Uh, no. It's a there. It's it just it's just captured. The, the cool thing about all this is that. Um, it's just capturing 3D spheric uh, data, uh, which I'm sorry, it's, it's just capturing a full 360 or 180 degree data, and so a lot of apps can then break out of that uh, actual 3D perspective if you're wearing uh, uh, VR goggles, or even if you're just watching, uh, if you're just uh, using a web browser, you can just simply have a picture that you can scroll around independently or video you're scrolling around independently. Um, I I was really pleased. Uh, I was taking pictures at the uh, the, the first the, when the Google cam when the cardboard camera came out. Um, oh, I'm sorry. I'm thinking of a Photosphere. I was I've been I'm in the habit now of taking photospheres like wherever I go, uh, just out of habit. And so I took one uh, from one of my favorite space uh, spaces at uh, the Boston Public Library. Did not realize that uh, Flickr had upgraded its web viewer to see that oh well i see you have 360 degrees worth of data here and so now it's this beautiful scrollable 3d look everywhere you can even look down and see what my my baffed up shoes that i was wearing that day uh and it really just it makes you more excited about taking photospheres and it's the sort of thing that gets me sort of excited about spending a couple hundred bucks on one of these 360 degree cameras because uh the times when uh i've uh taken a simple photosphere just for fun or just because I was bored or just because my my train was late and I'm traveling and then later on you can I can actually be right back there and just scroll around and look wherever I want to look that soap takes you back to that place where you were and I've been to like I, I'm not sure when I'm going to be going back to Dublin again not sure where I'm going back to Beijing not sure when I'm going back to all these other places I would be so happy if I had that ability, particularly maybe even 10 years from now, to not just, oh, there's a picture, but there is, where do you want to look? Great, look wherever you want. Uh, so it gets me excited. I've lost count of the amount of times I've tried to take like a panorama inside because I'm like, I want to I want to show you what this, you know, the room that I'm in or the space that I'm in looks like. But a, a lot of those apps do a terrible job, you know, because they're designed for stitching together, you know, beautiful scenic backgrounds that are really far away. And whenever you try and do something, you know, really close up, you end up with weird you know, sort of stitching artifacts and bits out of whack. I, I kind of agree. Like if this is cheap enough and you can pocket it and, you know, take it somewhere, you can be like, look, this is this is exactly what, you know, this space that I was in looked like. And people can be like, oh, yeah, I have a sense for like, you know, what it was like to, to be there. Yeah, just stand, stand like like a regular camera, stand in one position, press one button and one fraction of a second, yep. you're mm-hmm. gone. I, I like taking these photospheres, but that is a commitment of standing there for a while. Yeah, I don't think I have the patience for taking the uh, photospheres. When we first got Google Cardboard, my husband had a few photospheres, and he was like, cool, look at this. And, like, this is when we're, like, he, he goes uh, dirt biking, so he, like, brought up one of the dirt biking like when he was out in the middle of the woods and I was like that looks really cool but I didn't actually have any to show because I was like I just don't have the patience to sit there and go oh now man now it's not aligned and it's not perfect and it's terrible so (laughs) yeah so those are pretty cool so yeah if you could do that really quickly I think that would be a really neat thing yeah and it's also neat because the the LG one hopefully be more compatible so it's not just for LG devices you can plug it into you know, a whole host of devices and, and take pictures because it's got um, four gigs sort of built into it. It's got an SD card slot. So you could even, you know, untether it, just take it around, kind of like their little Periscope thing that they, they brought out before. I forget what oh, that was yeah. called. But you just press the button, you snap a picture, and later on you can, you know, review what you've taken. That seems like the perfect use for that expansion uh, uh, port that they have in the bottom of the new LG phone. Like if you could just snap a VR camera in there, it doesn't look like if you look at the pictures of it, it doesn't. It looks like most of it seems to be battery. It seems like the actual business end of it is not that uh, is not that much. And just to have two ends of this, and even just to take super wide angle pictures when you're taking photos, uh, would be one thing. But again, the ability to send this immersive thing uh, would be amazing. Yeah, definitely. There you go, OG. We've given you some free uh, free marketing advice. Yet again, get get on it. Make one of these modules. <laughs> so I've I've figured out a way that uh, we're going to be able to pay for some of this stuff when it's when it's finally announced. We're hoping this um you know this has launch dates and prices soon. This episode of Material is brought to you by IT Pro TV. 
And, you know, if you have a career plan you're trying to set in motion, whether you're looking to start a career in IT or you're, you know, you're already working in the field, you want to advance it. Um, it, in a lot of corporate places, you know, the things that'll that'll get you going are things like certifications, um, you know, credentials. Th- these are the things employers look at. You know, if you're working in the Microsoft space, you know, what level of Microsoft certification that you have or in a lot of other spaces, you know, it's the same. So ITV Pro TV's mission is education through engagement with up-to-date high-quality video content and access to the most important tools you need for certification. So we're talking about things like um, over a 1,000 hours of content uh, 50 hours, you know, being added each and every week as as they go on. You can stream this live and on demand worldwide, and you can even send it to things like your Chromecast. So if you prefer, you know, the lean back experience of I want to see this on my TV, I don't want to be distracted by all the things, you know, on my computer, on my phone. You can send it to your Chromecast, uh, sorry, Chromecast, your Roku, your PC, or you know, just watch it on your mobile device. Um, they have Google specific courses, you know, things like Google Apps for Work Administrator, Google Groups for Business, managing Google Drive storage, and more. Um, they've also got things on CloudPass and Active Directory, you know, in Azure. They've also got things like Cisco a- ASA Express Security uh, with Tom Lamley on there. Um, and all the courses are transcribed. So if, if you miss something they say or you're like, oh, I'm sure he said something at the 31st minute, um, you can go and look at the, the transcription. You've got 100 plus uh, step-by-step virtual machine labs. Um, you've got transcender practice exams. You've got all that basically bundled into here. So if you're after some kind of certification or training, you want to check out uh, IT Pro TV. And it's all done through one uh, monthly subscription. So there's no hassle. There's no – if you want to cancel at any time, you know, you can. They're not, they're not trying to lock you in. So, you know, it's all, all this stuff, when it comes together, you know, if you're working as an IT professional and you want to increase your skills a bit, this is the kind of resource you want to check out. And they also have um, corporate and group pricing. And, you know, some of their clients include people like Harvard, MIT, UCSD, Stanford, you know, so a lot of people already use these resources. So if you want to find out more, you go to itpro.tv slash material um, and you can upgrade your brain here with the most popular IT certifications. Premium subscriptions are normally $57 a month or $570 per year, but we have a special for our listeners. You know, we always do. You can try it free for seven days if you sign up using the offer code material30 at checkout. Um, you'll also receive 30% off uh, if you get a lifetime account. So, yeah, if you get that discount, that, that make, takes it down to less than $40 per month or, you know, 399 for the entire year, which is not a lot, you know, for IT certification. So we really encourage you to go check that out. Again, the offer code material30, the website is itpro.tv slash material. Um, and we want to thank IT Pro TV so much for their support of this show and all of FM. Well, we've been uh, we've had to bump this story uh, two or three times because of other pressing news, uh, and also this is the sort of story where it's not as though a really important uh, Googler retiring. It's not like he's going to retire again. Uh, so, but we did want to have a send off for Amit Singhal. Uh, who is uh, Senior Vice President Head of Search, who announced about a month ago that he was going to be retiring. Uh, And uh, he's a big, big guy. We've been talking about him a couple times over the course of the show, uh, where he he got his doctorate in information retrieval, which sounds like the most boring thing to major in in the world, particularly when across campus there are people who are developing the first uh, principles of computer-generated imagery uh, and animation. Uh, but of course, this was a very, very important thing for him to know about because he uh, then uh, wound up at Google and he wound up being in charge of the whole search algorithm. He's uh, He came to Google and he took the sort of theoretical uh, search model that uh, the Google's founders created and rebuilt it, rebaked it, put in Hemis, put in turbochargers, lifted the back end, put in LED lights on the underside so it looks like it's driving down in a purple cloud and turned it into the tool that everybody started to rely on. And he's kind of known as the the, the godfather of search. Um, and uh, it's interesting we have – one of the things I love about Google is that it doesn't have as many cartoon characters – if you will, it's not as though um, all the different executives at Apple, it's a bad thing that we know their names and that we can do a parody of Johnny Ive because everybody knows his speech and his cadence. Uh, but Google is just chock full of people who've been doing amazing work for many, many years. Uh, and when if you haven't heard of Amit Singhal and then you start right now to go to start 
course, using his research and Googling for him to find out what he's done, you get all these great stories about uh, how philosophical his stuff has been. We we were talking uh, a couple months ago where he did a uh, really extended interview talking about he was he was he was wearing a Star Trek communicator during the during the interview that he built because as a kid he always wanted to have a Star Trek communicator. So he created this project so that you could do search by simply tapping this communicator badge on your chest uh, and doing it that way. This is the sort of executive you want working at a high level company like this that will do a cool project just because it's a cool thing. Um, and the, I also wanted to read he uh, uh, he he made his announcements on Google Plus, uh, and so that's why it took so long for want... us to get it. So yeah, exactly, exactly. But it says, but my my life has been a dream journey from a little boy growing up in the Himalayas, dreaming of the Star Trek computer. To an immigrant who came to the United States with two suitcases and not much else, to the person responsible for search at Google, every turn has enriched me and made me a better person. As I entered the 15th year of working at Google, I've been asking myself the question, what would you want to do for the next 15? The answer has overwhelmingly been, give back to others. It has always been a priority for me to give back to people who are less fortunate and make time for my family amidst competing work constraints, but on both fronts, I simply want to give and do more. Mic drop. Awesome. That I did read that and I was like, that is that is awesome. And that kind of encompasses all of what I love and I think most of us here love about Google. And it's uh not obviously they want to make money, but like so much of what they do is they just want to make our lives better with the technology and um hardware and services that they provide. So it's cool to to hear that and I really enjoyed that uh, closing letter. That was like a really, really cool story of just um what what shapes Google is like, he, he just says, like a little boy growing up in the Himalayas, like to an immigrant, came to the United States and now being a part of a Google, which is one of the one of the companies that is just like most powerful companies here. Yeah, not only that, but I mean, he's had a, like a direct impact in my life. Like I, when I was at university, so this is a, a while ago now, this is before he actually started at, at Google, there, there was no Google search engine. I think back then it was an experimental, um, you know, university style thing. So we were using like yeah. AltaVista <laughs> and all these other things. And it was hard to find things on the internet. I don't know, you know, if, if all of our listeners were around then, but it was, if you wanted to find porn, no problems at all. Like, it's, <laughs> porn I mean, will the find front page, you even back then. Yeah, the front page was full of it. But if you were actually researching something to do with, you know, code or a particular, you know, university thing that you're working at, it was really hard to to scale this on the internet. And I'll never forget one of my final year um, projects was each one of us had to profile a search engine. So I forget the one that I ended up with, but one of my classmates actually had this new thing called Google. And they're like, well, I found this you know, new experimental search engine and it seems to be really good. And they told us all about this Google thing. I'm like, that, that sounds interesting. Like this, you know, this, this might have a future. And it was, it was about the same time that you know, Amit Singhal then joined Google. You know, this was 15 years ago. And to see where that search engine has gone, you know, from there when it was non-existent to now where it's pretty much ubiquitous, you know, to, to the point where Google's fighting off lawsuits for, you know, antitrust and all that sort of thing, because it is the dominant search engine in most parts of the world. I think that's an, an amazing sort of transition. And now the fact that you can type something in and find the things that you're looking for just just blows me away because there was a time when you, you literally couldn't do that. You know, right. And I remember you actually had to go and seek for that information. Like now with the with the new Google, it provides more contextual information where it even provides you some, some of the, like the responses and snippets. It takes them out of the search results so you could see like, oh, that's the answer instead of having to go in there and dig for it. Yeah, I remember doing papers where I was like, oh, I have to dig through all this stuff and research. There's not like a thing that just tells me. But there was Wikipedia was starting. So, of course, you know, we had that to uh, <laughs> to help us. Um but yeah, it's it's kind of amazing how how Google and search has expanded. You're right. I remember in school using Yahoo and like uh, I think Dogpile was one of them. Ask Jeeves and those. Yeah, those are like pretty much. I think they're still maybe active, but not really. You know. But everyone now is like, why don't you just Google it? Like that's that's just a thing. That's a that, that people say Google it. it like means search for it, right? Um, and so. It's amazing to see that transformation. And also the the person that's going to be leading Google search now is going to be the head of AI research, which is going to be a part of now their machine learning division, which is very, which is very exciting for me because I think it's going to tap into more of like that Google Now um, stuff that we love so much. Yeah, I mean, to me, that's been one of the most exciting additions to Google search is 
there's the temptation when you've got a website that so many people visit on a daily basis just to, you know, put advertising on there or do, you know, crazy other things. And Google has been very, very restrained. You know, it's always been just the search box, you know, a few other things around it. And they, I'm really impressed with the way they've been, you know, improving search. I mean, just yesterday I was trying to figure out how to to reset, I think, a TV. And this is like, it's not a popular brand of TV. It's a bit of a skew. I literally typed in like how to reset blah and it came up with a Google Now card. It's like, here's the five yeah. steps. And I'm like... What? <laughs> what just happened? Like the, the, these kind of improvements are, yeah, they're really, really welcome. And, you know, there's, there's so many different ways they could have gone, but, you know, the improvements there and also the improvements to Google image search. Like now if I'm ever looking for a picture or something to show a friend, I'm like, you know, I want this particular type of, you know, w- woodworking joint in blah. I press enter, boom, there's a picture. I'm like, yeah, this this is what I'm talking about. Yeah, it's 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 not the it's not the flashiest piece of software in the world but that's always the most sophisticated kind of software all google search does is figure out what your question was and then figure out what you meant to ask and all the different ways you can interpret the question of what's the weather like today or what's the what uh, what is that uh, I, I actually asked a question because I was making snide comments during the Oscars and saying that tall actress who's on Game of Thrones and of course immediately gave me back the, her picture <laughs> and her character name and all the and her her roles on uh, in in the Star Wars series uh, and th- that is the ideal uh, of software where it's not it's not our job to make work easy for the computers. The computer is there to make life easy for us. And so, uh, yes, in the first couple of years, it was a breakthrough just to be able to sort of program in a, a search by making sure that you're using the right phraseology and knowing what Google is listening for, so to speak, in that search box. But now it's you just ask it a question. You're, you almost have to – it's so sophisticated now that you are almost at the point where you have to sort of unlearn everything that you've been <laughs> yeah. learning over the past 10 years. You almost, you, you just forget to say, like, you can just say, oh, well, what the gold index current trade price. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> now you can just say, how, what is, what is one pound, three ounces of gold worth yep. right now? And it will probably almost certainly give you the answer to that. As a matter of fact, why don't we No, that's actually, <laughs> you bring up an excellent case. Cause I remember um, when I was like doing a college, I think like search papers where I was like, well, you got to put in parentheses so that it's actually searching for that entire you know uh search all together and not just uh, separate words that mean nothing and but it, it just says learn so much um which is just fascinating just because there's so much information out there and being able to architect it and condense not condense it but really put it in a way and, and give it to us that makes sense is like <laughs> it sounds incredibly hard but they they managed to do it so thank you amit yeah, yeah the, the contextual nature of it impresses me as well. So we had a new programming language a few years ago that came out that, that is called Swift. And it turns out there's an insanely famous person <laughs> on the internet called Taylor Swift. And it, in the past, that could have been a problem, but I've literally never had one of my Swift search results come up with Taylor Swift. Like either Google knows that I'm a programmer or they, they know the rest of the sentence is, is programming related. You know, you used to have to do like minus Taylor, you know, quote this. It, you don't have to do any of that anymore. You know, when that disappeared, I, I went looking for it. And after a while, I realized I don't need to, you know, say don't include yep. this in the search or I don't need to put this in in quotes like you were saying, Yasmin. It's just I type in what I'm searching for, I press enter, it's there. And it used to be you know, maybe five or six years ago, there was a real art form to how you build up a search. You know, I'm the greatest at yeah. uh, forming these search <laughs> requests. You don't, you don't even have to do that anymore. It just it just knows. Yeah, I, I mean, it's it's just a, a thing of real beauty. And it really does underscore why Google has been speaking so much about their resources for machine learning. Uh, the uh, head of that department was John Gianandria. And the fact that uh, multiple uh, – Google hasn't made an official announcement. As a matter of fact, I double-checked just an hour or two ago. I figured that now that he's his, uh, uh, um, is, is officially retired now, his, his last day was, I think, uh, the end of last week. Uh, and I thought that okay, they'll at least make an announcement. But multiple sources are compla- are, are, are are suggesting that uh, John Gianandria, uh, who's the head of research and AI, AI uh, machine learning, is now going to be uh, taking control of search. Not that he's moving, but now search is going to be part of his department. And it just shows that I mean, this is the this is the secret sauce. This is the the plutonium that powers everything at Google. Uh, just as uh, Apple 
can leverage its knowledge of design and its ability to create an emotional connection between the user and hardware. And that will infuse every single product that they make. Everything that Google does is the, from the understanding that we we suck down one third of all the electricity consumed everywhere in the world. I'm making that up, but it sometimes feels that way. <laughs> so, we, so much electricity, we have to generate our own to, to power all these computers. And almost all of that power is needed just to figure out, okay, when you said, I, when you asked me, I want brownies, I know enough about you and I know about the context and the time of day and where you're asking that from that you want a recipe. You're not looking for a restaurant that's really good with brownies. And <laughs> you, it, it's we often talk about like the, that that thin line between Google creating a really cool feature and a cool feature that also creeps you out a little bit. Uh, but the smarter it gets, the more you realize that this is a friend of mine who knows me very well. <laughs> We have so much respect for for Amit Singhal. We do. I didn't. We didn't want to do be anything less than completely respectful. Because again, not not just the work that he's done and his stature within the industry, uh, not just the impression you get of someone who just enjoys the hell out of his life and his work, uh, but the fact that he's explicitly saying part of the reason why I'm leaving one of the greatest jobs in the world is to get into uh, spend more time towards philanthropy. Um, while I was writing the show notes, however. Jokes just sort of pop into my mind, and so I had to write them down just so I could get clear that clear that bit and that to flag inside my head and move on. So with your indul, I'm just going to read them so that we can move on and move past them. Uh, if we, in no particular order, uh, he made the announcement of his retirement on Google Plus, thus implying that he's been out of the loop on day to day operations for quite some Zing! time. Oh, you wait, wait, wait! Uh, you have it. That's awesome. Here, you, okay, good. I, I was I'm prepared. Uh, I thought I was going to do it, but no, no, uh, this is great. Oh, uh, here's uh, joke number two. Uh, here's yet another highly in demand and powerful tech executive succumbing to a big money offer from the, this mysterious company called Philanthropy. God, this company has already lured founders away from lucrative careers at Microsoft and Cisco, and he's also starting to tempt away the Facebook founders as well. Whatever they're working on, it must be pretty awesome. Uh, on his last day, will Amit tap his Star Trek Google communicator and say, one to beam up? Uh, now we know how he was able to get by with just a phone for about a year. He'd already assigned all of his work to his successors. Ooh. Okay, I think that's. I think we're done here. Uh, and now we can thank you for your thank you for your indulgence, everybody. It's you know you know it's it's sort of like when someone goes shave and a haircut, it drives you nuts until someone goes two bits. And I've told the and joke. If you. If you're listening, Amit Singhal, I mean, I doubt that he is, but if you are, you know, thank you for, for everything you did and good luck with the, you know, the next 15 years that, that you're looking out yeah. to. I hope that you your search for a positive fi next 15 years <laughs> helps you to find the happiness that you so richly deserved. Before the machines learn, enough If to you can see the video, I'm, I'm giving uh, Andy the cut it out, you know, the from Full House. But uh, I don't know if anyone watches that. But um, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> oh, that was fun. Uh, other fun tidbit of news: Google I/O website is now live, so we are super excited for I/O 2016. Registration starts March 8th, so that's a week from now. So when you listen to the podcast, a couple more days, it's registration is going to be open. Uh, may the odds be ever in your favor uh, to getting tickets. And so yes. And please, please don't go out and uh, find developers and you know turn off their computers or whatever. We 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 need to sign up. Uh, but we but we're really excited because we're going to get a material shirt out in time for Google I/O. Um, and so we actually been working with with the design and we're, it's actually really fun and I think you guys are going to love it. If you are a material podcast supporter via the Relay.fm membership, you have to be supporting material podcasts. If you're supporting us you're going to get a sneak peek of the upcoming t-shirt design before we release it to everyone. And we're also going to be offering a discount code. I don't know how much, but there's going to be a discount code. And we're not talking about just emotional support here. We're looking for actual yeah, yeah, material yeah, support. Yeah. <laughs> hey. I shouldn't have this bell on my desk. New lights and bell. Andy's like a whole new man. I, 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 I kind of wanted to tell that joke, but I was willing to let it slap. And then I realized that I've got this bell here that would indicate the joke has been told and now it's okay. okay. <laughs> I should probably just leave that elsewhere. <laughs> So yeah, support us. It doesn't matter if you're on the silver, gold, or annual plan. Uh, if you're a supporter of material podcasts with some mat real material money, you will be able to get a discount. Yeah. If, if you 
if you like the material that we're putting out on material, then you should send us your material. <laughs> I think that's our cue to leave. We want to thank everyone for listening. Um, no, no, I, I'm supporting you. I, I recognize that as a, as a solid joke, and I just, you know. <laughs> oh gosh, yeah. So. Stay tuned. We'll we'll give you some some codes. Andy, where can people find you? Uh, yeah, the price of admission to the wonderful world of Andy Notko is to spell my last name. Uh, if I H N is in Nancy, A T is in Tom, K O. Uh, I'm Anatko on Twitter, which has my usual synaptic misfirings over the course of the day, as well as links to things I've published and things that uh, I've podcasted. Uh, most of my writings were at the Chicago Sun Times site, but it's easier to find it if you follow me on Twitter. You can also go to my website anatko.com, which has all that stuff and things that are completely irrelevant to the world of technology. And Russell, where can people find you? Uh, you can find me in two places. One is Rusty Shelf on Twitter. The other one is Crying in a Corner after I tapped a paid at one of my uh, famous establishments here. And the teenager you know, behind the counter said to me, wow, you just blew my mind. You're so old and you still figured that out. <gasps> I'm like, oh, I'm just going to be out no. crying, guys. Oh, it's happening. Oh, that's terrible. That's right. Not, not only am I old, but I'm going to buy lots and lots of beer and other hard liquor that I can then drink in front of you in the house that I own. And because I own the house, I can eat in the living room. Big bowl of pudding, just me and the beer and a bowl of pudding in the living room. And nobody can tell me, hey, you're not supposed to eat pudding in the living room. Yeah, because the most fun, oh, kid, you don't, you're not going to understand, you're not going to believe how much fun it is just to pour a big bowl of pudding out on the floor because no one can Take complain because it's your floor it's the funnest thing in the world too so when it, when you stormed out did you say your parents eat ice cream when you go to bed <laughs> there is no santa claus <laughs> i'm off to run with scissors i just ate and i'm going swimming there you go and i'm at yasmin evian on twitter and you can find us on the twitter you can find us on the Twitter. And you can find us on the Twitter. See, now I'm old. You can find <laughs> us on the line at relay.fm forward slash material, where you could also support us there with some material money. You could find us on Twitter at material podcast. You could email us feedback at material podcast at gmail.com. Until next time, slay a material. VR cameras for all. Or at least all, all of us, not your <laughs> listeners. I, I, I hope that you get VR cameras, but I, we're, yeah, this is not the Oprah show, unfortunately. Go and sell your own ads. <laughs> Speaking of ads, I'm just kidding. There's nothing there. <laughs> <laughs> Ha, ha, ha.